Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor at Compass Point, and today with me is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Good, good to be yeah. here, and good to uh, be having this conversation with you. Yeah, enjoying the lovely weather today, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see signs of spring and even summer in our midst, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We are right. here to talk about Sunday to kind of debrief this uh, the sermon you preached, and, and we're in the middle of a series called On Mission, kind of challenging us to think, what is it? What is our part in God's mission? How is our live? How are our lives aligning to that? Um, so, so talk talk to me a little bit. What did you preach on on Sunday? Yeah, well, well, what we wanted to talk about in in this whole series is just uh, that being on mission is something that's possible uh, at any time. In fact, it's 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 kind of part of who we are, and so it it actually happens at any time. And I mm. think sometimes we we compartmentalize our lives so much that we we put our you know our work and everything in our lives in one bucket, and then we put our our spiritual activities in another bucket, and. And that dichotomy often puts us in places where we choose one or the other in the sense that we say, okay, now's the time that I'm going to add this thing that I do called being missional. And then what happens is we say, I don't have time or I'm not ready or I'll do it later or, you know, whatever it is. And what we've been trying to do is talk about this idea that these, our worlds are really only one world. We only have one life to live. And that Mm -hmm. includes... Um, You know, I talked about two major things on Sunday. When you choose to be a follower of Jesus, you are devoting your life to something that is beyond yourself. And number two, when you choose to be a follower of Jesus, you have become a witness to his kingdom or a a representative of his kingdom to the people that are around you. And so with those two things in mind, we jumped into this series and, and we said, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Things are hard right now. Motivation is hard to find. But on Sunday, what I talked about was what are the small steps that we can take today that move us towards this kind of missional living? And I love, you know, one of the some of the reading that I came across that experts tell us that there's this kind of that when the forces for change outweigh the forces against it, things begin to get easier. And there's this flywheel effect that that means that some for some of us who are just getting started with thinking intentionally about this. The steps feel hard and they're difficult, but the more we do it, the more that we get engaged, the wheels start spinning and things get easier and easier and easier. And all of a sudden we find ourselves looking for opportunities to get engaged, but it all starts with a few simple steps. And so what Mm -hmm. I talked about on Sunday were a couple of those simple steps that we could take. Yeah, I love that. And I love this, uh, what you said at the beginning there, that like, um, we want to often compartmentalize our lives, even like like, I don't know about you, but I found during the pandemic, um, and our jobs in general would have this to be true, but like work time and family time, right? Like I've had to work hard to figure out where are those boundaries and how do I be intentional about those rhythms? Because if I don't put anything in, it's all one. And and in some ways that's not, that's not a bad thing, right? Like in the sense that boundaries are good, but, but we are whole people. Um, and often I think our kind of Western scientific rationalism minds come to come to the Bible and come to faith. And we say, okay, I've got a slot for that. I've got a space ready. Um, and being, being on mission, isn't that loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength isn't four different things. It's actually the wholeness of everything, right? Exactly. It's it's everything together. So, I mean, talk to me, you had, you had some great little stories and, and I feel like this series is ripe for good stories. Um, right. Uh, what, like in your own life, how has this played out and how have, uh, what kind of challenges have you come across when trying to live this whole life kind of with God's mission in mind? 
Yeah. Well, it's funny, actually, you say that, you know, there, I talked about three different things, talked about paying attention to what you already do. Um, then the second thing I talked about was, was being ready for interruptions or preparing to embrace interruptions. And then finally yeah. I talked about not giving up, but embra- about embracing interruptions. It was funny. I was, I was thinking this message as I was walking my dog the other night. And mm. as I was walking along, um, you know, I'm thinking about the message, you know, preparing, thinking about different ideas. And uh, a woman stopped me and wanted to have a conversation with me, uh, particularly because I had a dog and she had a dog and she wanted yep. to tell me a product that she used to help keep her grass green and not go yellow from the dog. And so I was kind of listening to her, but I kind of just wanted to keep walking. But I had kind of yeah. also just thought about embracing interruptions. <laughs> and so I stopped. And yeah. I listened to her go on and on about this product that she could, that I could purchase that would help with the dog and all this stuff. And it was funny because at the end, as this conversation is, is dr- like going on and on and on and on, I started to walk away because I felt like it was finished. And as I was walking, I felt like I heard her shouting something back to me. So I turned around and she was still talking. And so at that point, I actually had to walk back towards her because she was too far away for me to understand her, right. only to hear her say that this product does take a few weeks to take effect. It doesn't happen right away. Of course. Uh, so she wanted to warn me just in case. And it was really funny, this this encounter that I had. And it was a reminder of of sometimes the the... The, the the number of people that we come in contact with on a regular basis. Mm. And in that moment, I was inspired to stop and listen and actually interact with this person that was in front of me. Yeah. So often I live my life with my head down and I just want to blow past the things that are around me because I've got something to do or I've got you know mm-hmm. something on my mind or I've got something I need to fix or a problem to solve or whatever it is. And I think that this idea of living missionally you know, actually slows us down a little bit. It's kind of that, you know, stopping to smell the roses kind of thing where Mm -hmm. we actually are aware of the people around us and aware of the, you know, um, nice people who want to have long conversations about pee, (laughs) whatever it is. I I think that we need to be more aware of those moments. And, and that was an example of me, like right in the moment. Ah, I mean, we didn't, you know, she didn't, you know, come to Jesus in that moment or, you know, whatever, but it gave me an opportunity as I talked about to, you know, to begin to just recognize that maybe there's a reason for me to have this conversation. So I'll pay attention. Okay. So let me, let me ask the cynical question that's in the back of my mind that I, I try not to give too much voice to, but I think it's important to, <laughs> to bring it up here. Um, really? Is it actually worth it? Like, aren't most interruptions that aren't most interruptions a waste of your time? Wouldn't your time have been better spent preparing the mess? Like, like this is, I, I mean, I feel this tension even, you know, how much do I let my own kids interrupt me during the workday when I should be doing stuff right. for, for work, right? Like, how do you how do you find that balance? Because I think you're right. It does require us to slow down. It, re- it requires us to, you know, some costs. And we occasionally hear these wonderful stories about lives being transformed. But, like... By I, a chance encounter. Yeah. yeah, 99% of the time. Yeah, I get you. I, I hear what you're saying. And, uh, you know, it's a good question. And it, and it does touch on personality. I think, you know, we both recognize that, you know, we're different when it comes to some of these things. Um, mm. But but I and, and what I tried to say on Sunday was that we don't have to love interruptions. Mm. Um, but I think we need to be aware of them in a different way. And so, yeah. you know, those moments where my, my kids, you know, interrupt me during the day, um, it's not as if every single time I need to stop and do whatever they want or just, you know, like, you know, like, okay, fine, let's go throw the ball around. And, you know, when I have Mm. work to do or whatever it is, that's not exactly what I mean. But what I mean is that, you know, when I, 
when when interruptions happen, you know, allowing God to enter into this this experience or this conversation is a good thing. So I, you know, I use this example of Nehemiah um, when I was talking about this idea of like in the moment I prayed to God and I, and I answered the King. I had this moment yeah. where I turned to God and say, do I need to be paying attention here um, or not? And that idea just by itself can help frame those conversations. And yeah, sometimes you need to, if someone is interrupting you and they, and it's not helpful, you just need to tell them to, you know, kind of move on or just, I got, I don't have time right now or I can, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'll give you an example. I actually had a conversation with someone about this very thing in the hub a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. And, but he shared a story where he said that he was in a meeting and there was a, a person from his office who he knew had, you know, had a, had opinions that were different than his when it came to faith and all that kind of stuff. And this person asked him to to uh, to meet. He said, I, I need to talk to you. Do you have a moment? And uh, the person who was telling the story remembered that they said, like, no, I'm I'm busy. And they because they were they had something going on and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so they did. Mm-hmm. They went to work and they did their thing. And. And this person actually left the office and and never came back. And the the experience was so impactful for this individual that he always remembered it as perhaps a moment that he had not taken advantage of. You know, was that did this person come to me because he knew I was a follower of Jesus? Did this person come and ask me these questions because they want they really wanted to know what I had to think about this situation? And mm-hmm. it was a moment of failure, but it was a moment that was so significant that this person never forgot it. He he still mm-hmm. talks about it to this day. And and so what I mean by this is that some it's it is it is a both and this isn't i'm not suggesting that you don't plan your life and you just kind of just go with the flow and just let anything happen and then you know go with it but what i am saying is just don't just see interruptions as automatically a bad thing um maybe there's something bigger going on and i think we just need to be aware of it and it takes being intentional for sure and well let's let's go back to that because i mean Embracing interruptions was your second point. You talked first about paying attention to what you're doing already. And you had, I mean, you had some great examples, most of which um, none of us are doing right now. You're not probably not going to the coffee shop, the same barista every day or, or sitting beside the same person on the go train. Uh, Although maybe you are. And, and it is also an opportunity we have right now to think, think not, not only about our rhythms in this moment, but um, I mean, as you and I are here waiting for the government to tell us when, when we're into phase one and when, you know, if kids are going back yeah. to school and, and what all of these things look like, I feel like we've got this really sweet moment to begin to think through these, these rhythms and what does my life look like? If I can go to the gym, yeah. if I can go to the coffee shop, what, how and, do I be intentional? Yeah. And one of the things I, you know, like I, I, I don't want to put you on a spot here, but I know that, mm. that, you know, you and your family have made decisions even about things that you purchase and the way that you, you know, interact with the people that are around you. Like what are some of yeah. the things that you are paying attention to now um, in a bit of a different way in light of this bigger picture of, you know, helping to restore creation, helping to, you know, restore the kingdom in many ways. Like what are some of the choices that you make that you uh, directly tie back to your faith? Yeah, uh, that's a really, really good question. Um, and, and I mean, it's funny because some of them aren't like you wouldn't think about them as faith issues. But for instance, one of the things we've become, uh, we've become really aware of place and place mm-hmm. is a big thing in the Bible. Um, but even 
even place in our neighborhood and what it looks like to be placed in, you know, the, the microcosm that is the, the houses around us and the community that's a bit bigger and our schools. Uh, and then, I mean, we, we choose to shop locally when we can, we only mm-hmm. own one vehicle. Um, so we're doing a, a farm CSA this summer, a box that we pick up every week that's being delivered a couple blocks away from us. We, we actually have started buying, we, we don't drink a ton of milk, but the milk we buy, we buy uh, slightly better milk because frankly, it steams and tastes better in our coffee. Um, but we buy it from a local place here that's, that's got a couple of employees and we know them all by name, um, even through the pandemic. Uh, that's been something we've done. Um, we have reached out to our neighbors around us and uh, are in a place where we're, I mean, we're, we're doing yard care for, for our neighbors next door, which is kind of hilarious. And we've, we've actually, in the, in the last weeks, we've had these, um, okay, so a friend of mine is looking for a place to live and, and I know there's there potentially room in the house beside us. So I reached out to the neighbors and I was expecting a hard, fast no. Um, completely understandably, but I thought, well, you know, God, if you're going to do something, why not? And the answer, it wasn't yes, but it wasn't an immediate no. It was like, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about this. And, and actually gave me an opportunity to talk about my faith and the faith of this friend of mine. And, um, yeah, some of those really weird little things, um, even just wandering by, you know, we're spending, we're spending time gardening and my wife loves to garden. Um, and we actually love our front yard to be a place that looks inviting and like it. So we, we have all kinds of conversations with people as they walk by, uh, all the time. And and that's been, um, that's been unique. Now here's a question back at you. Yeah. Uh, you have a dog now and, and like, okay. So how is having a dog potentially on mission? I'm asking this, um, we, we have owned a dog before we maybe are considering it again, but like. From a from a purely pragmatic perspective, a dog is a pain, right? A dog ties yeah. you down. It makes you go out for walks. It, but like, what is it? How has it changed your relationship with neighbors and random people who stop you and want to talk about yellow lawns? Yeah. You, 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 so you're touching on something that's awesome and really, really important because I think what's true of our dog is also true of so many other things in our life. Um, but let, yeah. let, I think you're right. Um, I have never been outside as much as I've been since we've got the dog. I have never met more people in my life um, since I got a dog because number one, you know, when you pass somebody who also has a dog, uh, you know, often conversations ensue. Sometimes you see the same people around all the time. I mean, I'm getting to a point now where I don't know my neighbors, but I know my neighbor's dogs. Of course. And, and what that allows you to do is start to, um, begin to have conversations that are, um, that are had in different ways. And, and, um, yeah, so it's gotten me in touch with all kinds of different people. And it's also, you know, opened up a new, uh, a new group of, of people that, you know, connected through our, um, you know, through the place we did some training, you know, we made some connections with the people there and we've maintained those connections in terms of boarding and some of the other things that we've been doing with the dog. Yeah. And all of that is because we want to be intentional about the relationships that we have. But I would tell you though, and I think that's a great question because when, I think that the, the, this is about paying attention to what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the same way about my son's baseball team and, uh, getting my kid, my kids involved in dance, my daughter and, and some different things that we do in terms of extracurriculars, you know, what would it look like if we actually thought about all of those opportunities as, as just places where we can show God's love and we can represent him as best to our abilities, you know, in those, in those locations. And I remember 
I think I've shared this before, maybe on a Sunday, but um, I remember when I first, uh, you know, when my son first started playing rap baseball, I never expected that we would go down this road. I kind of saw it as mm-hmm. a bit of a pain in the same way that you see a dog as a pain in the beginning and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And someone said to me, they said, well, now you have like, you know, in this case, there was 12 families, 12 new families that you can be praying for. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, like, I wish that I had thought of that first. <laughs> I mean, it's true that that's what how I think about it now, but it gives mm-hmm. us a chance, any kind of new thing that we're adding into our life, think about the implications in terms of the way that we can represent uh, Christ to the people around us. I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And there's so many opportunities to do that. So, yeah, I mean, there are lots of places where we can, you know, do things, um, you know, small steps to, to take what we're doing already and actually, um, you know, apply it to this life on mission. Yeah. And I mean, as you're talking, I'm, it's got me thinking about some other things in our lives. I, I just want to say, you know, we often talk about this stuff, living on mission, and we think it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of right. thought. It takes embracing interruptions. Um, I want to encourage everyone listening to, to, to reframe it a little bit. Um, I mean, you think about Paul, you're talking about baseball. You love baseball. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, we have these passions and these things that we're gifted in or that we know stuff about. Um, and God actually isn't calling us to kind of ignore the things that we love so we can go and do the hard right. things. No, he's often calling us to lean into these things. I'm thinking about uh, a friend, the dad of a friend of my son. So a guy I've ended up seeing a couple of times as our kids have had socially distanced playdates through the pandemic. Uh, he's really into restoring vintage synths and old mixing consoles and audio stuff that almost no one understands. But mm-hmm. I actually do understand it and I love it. And like part of my journey lately has been digging into that stuff a little bit because I know it means I can have some great conversations and yeah. connect with this person. And it's not like, let me let me be honest, it's not a ton of terrible work and I'm not like, God, please carry me through this. This is like joyful, good work. Um, And even my wife who loves cooking, uh, I I challenged her a while back. We've been quiet on social media and there's nothing wrong with not being on social media or being quiet. But I said, Rachel, you've got a lot of great wisdom when it comes to this stuff. And and we love cooking with cast iron. A lot of people have questions. Why don't you do a series of posts and just engage with people around what you know about cast iron pans, right? Yeah. Weird niche stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's been great. She's been able to have these amazing conversations with people, some church friends, some not church friends, um, yep. and engage in our community through like posting on Instagram about cast iron pans and how you restore them. Like, you know, th- it, that's what I love about this idea of being on mission. It's not, it yeah. doesn't mean 10 hours a day on your knees in prayer. Not that that's bad. We need that. But but it actually means often leaning into these passions and skills and things that God yeah. has already driven up in us. Um Yeah. yeah, And we bring Jesus wherever we go. And so bringing Jesus into these really unique communities is actually something that is like almost kind of new right now in the sense that like you're talking about social media allows us to these niche little groups of people who love the same things that we love. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago, if you wanted to talk about cast iron pans, you might not find a person nearby who's willing to talk to you about it. But being able to do it online means that you find a whole bunch of people who are interested and all of a sudden you have this opportunity to bring Jesus into those environments. And I think that's incredible. But I do, I do think that, you know, just as we're kind of moving through this, I want us to get to the end because yes, there's so much joy. It's life-giving. It's, it's fantastic. But there's also moments where it gets really hard 
And, and I really want us to just touch on this idea of what does it mean to not give up? Because, mm-hmm. because I think that it's really easy for us to say, I tried, you know, like I went down that road. I, I talked to the person, I had the conversation about yellow lawns and I, I got to this thing and, and nothing happened. So it's like, yep. that's it. I'm done. I'm out. I'm finished. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, you know, get back to what I shared on Sunday was that the good news of, of who Jesus is, what he did, the good news, the gospel, the good news that we talked about from the very first message that we started talking about being on mission is so powerful, so incredible, so amazing. And it doesn't change because of our obstacles. Our obstacles mm-hmm. don't change the truth of what's on the other side. And, and I think that's something that we need to remind ourselves of is that, yes, you know what, that person that you had a conversation with, you stepped in it, you said something inappropriate, perhaps whatever it is, and you, you pushing them in a a different direction. That obstacle doesn't change the fact that, that Jesus is amazing. And so we just need to keep coming back and keep, you know, being creative and bringing people around us so that we can make that happen. Yeah. I love that. Um, and you're right. We are almost out of time. We are out of time actually. Um, but that is that's such a good word to end on, right? We we can't we can't give up. Uh, and I have found um, one of the biggest things in my faith to to not giving up is to share these little stories and these little victories and to laugh about yeah. the things we do wrong, right? We laugh about the the lady who wants to talk about yellow lawns, right? And yeah. that's not um, you know it doesn't necessarily make it less exhausting, but it does give us a reminder that uh, yeah. we're in this together um, and that it's not God didn't call us to to run out into the battlefield alone, right? Um, which, and it can yeah. sometimes could feel like a battlefield. He called us to be there with him uh, and with each other. And I think it's so good to be able to encourage you. And I hope, I actually hope that our conversation today uh, and this podcast in general does that. Any, yeah. any closing thoughts for us here, Paul? You know, I would just say that when Jesus met with his disciples at the, you know, before uh, what we see in Acts, we read in Matthew, this passage is called the Great Commission, where, where Jesus said, go and make disciples and, mm-hmm. you know, baptizing them and teaching them everything I've I've um, taught you. And uh, but then he ends by saying this. He says, "And I will be with you always to the end of the age." And and I think that yes, we need to gather good people who are also sold out for what Jesus is doing around us so mm-hmm. that we can inspire each other and encourage each other. But just like you said, the most important thing is that God will be with us to the end of the age, which means the spirit guides us, directs us, gives us the power that we need, gives us the courage that we need. And so you might be sitting there thinking this on mission stuff, I just can't. And my answer is you're right. You can't, but God can, and he'll do it through you and enjoy the journey. Cause it's, it's a blast. I love that. Well, thank you, Paul. Always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Uh, And thank you for listening along to Postscript. We'll be back next week with more.